This podcast replay is brought to you by Caneswear.com. For all your Canes, Dolphins, and Heat needs, visit them at 2511 South University Drive in Davie. Free shipping with online orders over $99. Go to Caneswear.com at Miami Fanware. That's the spot where South Florida fans shop. Ride or ride. This has to be the hardest segment I've had to prepare for because... <laughs> <laughs> morning and you've got nothing going on on your beat bro like nothing it's, going on. it's it's one of those times man when uh you know it's just it is what it is you go through those points in the in the period where the transfer portal is kind of dead right because at this point uh you're, you're filled up in a lot of areas you try to get certain guys and, and now you're just waiting for the next transfer portal period and then you're so far ahead in recruiting right like it's 2025 is a long way off where all of these uh, kids commenting on how much they like Miami. It's, it's really, you know, pointless because we know we're a long way off before any of them sign, man. It's just one of those weird times. Yeah, no, no, it's just, it, it's, it's nuts. I'm, I'm watching and trying to prepare for the segment. I'm like, there's like nothing going on. So like Manny, you know, like, what do you think about the Super Bowl? You know, it's just, it's just like one of those deals, you know what I'm saying? It's yeah, just like, yeah. You know, well, and, and I know that um, there's still some coaching stuff, right? Is there still are they still searching for for a position coach? Yeah, right? they're still they're still running backs uh, coach opening officially uh, at Miami. Um, Will it be know. from within, or or do you still I, think they're going to go outside? I think it just ma- it's a more of a matter of, of of who sort of becomes open, right? And w- with all these NFL staffs that still need to be filled out, right? You think about a guy like Jason Taylor, right? Like he's with the Hurricanes for one year. What's to stop another NFL team from not calling this guy up, seeing after you know kind of what he did uh, in one year in college? He kind of put his time in. So you you never know if if more positions become open. But right now, um, you know Miami's got an opening at running backs coach. I, I would assume that it's going to be filled internally or, or or with somebody not major just because it's one of those positions that you can put a young and up-and-coming coach, right? You can put somebody who's a really good recruiter, somebody who this is their, their first sort of college-type assistant-type job, uh, somebody that maybe you're grooming to be a coordinator down the road that wants to learn to, to be like a running game-type coordinator, that kind of thing. Uh, so it's not it's not a position where – you know, you're desperate to get somebody proven or anything like that. So now if, if Jason Taylor leaves or, uh, you know, your, one of your coordinator leaves, and then, then you got a problem. But I think for right now, it's one of those, those jobs that's just open and Mario can ultimately do uh, what he sees fit for it. Mario's loving this. He's going, oh, these two assholes have nothing negative to talk to me about. So <laughs> yeah, this segment won't go uh, viral. Or, you know, so he's probably, he's probably happy. That there isn't much to talk about, you know. He's had, he's had um, a really he's had a really good off season. I mean, if you think about it, I mean, this is exactly the way that you want it to go. You keep your coordinators, right? You don't have to worry about replacing them. <clears throat> you get the quarterback that you want. You fill a lot. Of, you sign the number three uh, recruiting class in the country. You don't really lose any major guys from your team to the portal that you're like super worried about replacing. How do we how do we fill this guy's shoes? So from from a you know seven and six, how did the offseason go? Perspective went pretty well for Miami. Oh yeah, dude. Well, Mario's issues aren't anything except game day. That's it. That's it. He's 
exceptional everywhere else. We know he's exceptional as a human being, a leader, a, a recruiter, a worker, uh, everything. You're not going to beat Mario in any of that stuff. Really, all it is is about game day. And what do you hear about that? What what are, do you hear? I, I mean, I'm asking you the impossible probably, but what is it? Because I, I look at McDaniel and I look at Mario and I kind of see the same issues. I love both coaches as their personalities and their work ethic and all that and what they're all about. But on game day, they're not polished yet at this point. And so what is he doing to kind of – and I don't know what he can do without actual game action around him. So I, I don't yeah. know. How can he improve in that area? It's a great question. Oh, I think, you know, you, you look at a guy, you know, look, I know from covering the heat with Eric Spolstra, Eric Spolstra would go in his off seasons and go hang out with football coaches, right? He would go and hang out with baseball coaches, with all kinds of different people to learn stuff from. Mario, philosophically, is not a guy who I think worries too much about the X's and O's in terms of strategy, picking things up. Like he learned what he learned from Greg Schiano. He learned what he learned from being around Nick Saban as far as roster building, recruiting. But from an X's and O's perspective, I don't know that he's, he, he gets, you know, he's sleepless at night. I think he just thinks that this is a talent accumulation business. His, his mindset is get the best players. The best players are going to lead you to wins and hire the best possible coordinators who can work with those guys and adjust now, I think he, I think he made a home run higher with his defensive quarter. I think Lance Guidry had the yeah. right to approach for this group. I think he married, you know, he he changed his philosophy when they had some injuries on the defensive line in the middle of the season. He changed the philosophy. He went from a from a you know traditional four two five to to you know a three three five because he just didn't have enough defensive alignment. That dude adjusted, and he still got to the quarterback. He still brought pressure. Uh, he still made you know the kind of adjustments. The offensive coordinator, I don't know if that's just necessarily a good hire. And it's not that I don't like the guy. I just think, you know, there's certain strengths that Miami uh, had last season, their offensive line being one of them. Did they uh, run the right kind of passing routes to work with the receivers that they have? Did they put Tyler Van Dyke in the best position to succeed? Or did, did he go off script? And when he went off script, why did they allow him to go off script? Those kind of things are questions that internally, I think, Mario has to deal with head on, but I don't know that that's X's and O's. That's hey, dude, don't let the quarterback run rapid and 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 turn the ball over. Run plays where he's not going to turn the ball over. Run plays, you know, make him give him a certain look where he where he has to protect the football. Those are those are the kind of conversations you need to have. I don't know where Mario goes for that. I don't know where he goes for inspiration because I don't think he he really does that. You know, I don't think he goes to other head coaches and, and people around college football. Now maybe that Nick Saban's retired. And living down in Jupiter, maybe he'll he'll have Nick Saban stop by. I know in the springtime there have been coaches that have come by Miami. Ed Orgeron has been around Miami the last couple of years because his son has been there. But to answer your question, oh, it's, it's a great question. I don't know if Mario really has that guy that he leans on. Yeah, uh, it's, uh, it's interesting because uh, that's the one area, dude. That's all he's missing. He's perfect in every other way, shape, and form. Uh, as a head coach, I, I love all the other areas. It's just the one concern I would have is on game day. All right, so I asked you that impossible question. I will ask you another impossible question. Go ahead. <laughs> Do you know anything about Mark Fletcher's injury? How yes, he's it, 
Yes, yes. Okay. It's uh it's a it's a foot injury. Uh he had to have, I think, a minor procedure done, but the expectation is that he will be back in time for the for summer and and uh the start of the season. So I don't think this is a serious like hey, he's gonna leak into the fall type injury. It's you know, miss the spring, recover from surgery, come back and be ready to go for for the Gators on August thirty first. When will the tight end return to the Miami to the Miami Hurricanes offense? It's a great question. I think when they get some healthy tight ends who can catch the ball, Elijah Royal was supposed to be a big part of this offense, and unfortunately, he had uh, the injury. He had a setback as soon as he came back, and he couldn't just they couldn't just throw him out there. And he's a guy that that has taken a long time uh, to recover. Sometimes when you have those those injuries. You have surgery, you think you're healed, you go back out there, you tweak it, then they hold you out some more time, then you go back out there again, you tweak it again. It, it, it's just been a mess with him. So I think once Elijah Arroyo gets healthy and confident in his knee that he can go out there and not have any setbacks, then you'll see the tight end much more involved. Look, Miami went out and they got this kid, Elijah Lofton, um, out of uh, Las Vegas, Bishop Borman High School. Uh, that well, school's obviously... They're, they're pretty good. They, they put out some some serious dudes. Elijah uh, reminds me of, of some former sort of. Wait, wait a minute. He can play tight end better than the quarterback we got from there, right? Yes, definitely. A hundred percent. He can play the court, the uh, tight end position. Sure. And he's, he's much more of an H back type of guy, but he is a dynamic playmaker who can line up in that spot and cause problems for defenses. So By the way, some people may be lost. Yes. Do you want to the quarterback we're talking about out of Las Vegas? Oh, yes. Um, oh, Mr. Five Star. And now I'm forgetting his name because he put me on the spot. Uh, it's, um, he had a nice girlfriend. Yes. I mean, I can't. Yes. Uh, he was on the uh, the uh, the show with um, all the other quarterbacks. Or Manny. Can anybody <laughs> guess the name before Tate, Manny tomorrow? The beat Tate. guy. Tate Martell, Tate Martell. And it's funny because I ran into him like two summers ago. Oh, when I was in Vegas for seven on seven, he was there. And um, and uh, I looked at him. We made eye contact. I waved and and I could see like sort of the disappointment in his face. Like, oh, man, this is some guy who's going to want to talk to me about my my failed football career. Yeah. And I just I let him be. But, uh, you know, yeah, feel bad for the kid. But, yes, he can play the uh, tight end position a lot better than that. Elijah Lofton will be a good player at Miami. I don't know if he'll make a huge impact year one. But he's a guy that in year, you know, year two for sure, I expect to be on the field contributing. By the way, the Tate Martell's fake Martell is kind of came. <laughs> that's a better. That's a name for. That's a name. Yep. I was gonna say. Uh, I forgot what. I think I was gonna call him Manvel, and it, and I'm like, no, wait, it's not Manvel. It's Martell. And then uh, and then it hit me. So well, if he kept that girlfriend, <laughs> at least he got. You know, one out of two is not bad. It didn't work out in football, but he got a babe. So, you know. Yeah, he, for All a little right. while. I think they broke I think they broke up as soon as she saw that he wasn't going to make the uh, the NFL as a quarterback. So, Oh, oh, oh okay. Yeah, I think that ended pretty quickly once she realized he's not playing quarterback here. Are you tripping out with the way Travis Kelsey and, and Taylor Swift are, like, turning over the whole world? Like, people are, like, freaking out on their relationship one way or another, like – like it, it's it's so ridiculous you know what i mean I, I think it's i think it's uh i think people need to embrace it man like the fact that you have a super a, a superstar uh singer you know performer entertainer in love with an nfl player that's great for the nfl i 
I get it. There's there's the people who, who just want to watch the football and they're tired of the of the shots of the uh, of the press box with her in there and celebrating and all that. But listen, man, I'll tell you what, my daughters who could give three, you know, what's about football uh, are uh, they watch because of Taylor Swift. Oh, is Taylor's boyfriend playing? You know, right. Exactly. So, it, yeah. It's serving its purpose, man. There's a lot more people interested in it because she's I, I around. I don't understand why people are, and some people are freaking out. Even on the political side, they're all also all up and it's like, uh, yo, like she's trying to find somebody she wants to be with. He's trying to find somebody. It looks like they actually found each other, and it looks like you know they're. Why don't you just be happy that they're happy being right. happy? You know what I mean? Just it's good for them. Taylor's been writing her whole life about all kinds of bad shit happening to her in her relationships. Well, maybe now she can start writing about a terrific relationship, you know, because obviously it's been right. an issue. For her. You know what I mean? It's like, so we'd rather her be Jennifer Aniston or, you know, another one of these women that, uh, that can't find somebody forever. You know, it's like, I don't, I don't, I don't really understand that. It's like, dude, be happy for them. You know what I mean? I, by the way, I'm convinced that Travis Kelsey's retiring. I'm oh, yeah. convinced. Yeah. Because he, ha he has two years left. Matt Verderam and I go back and forth. Matt's a big uh, uh, football guy, but he's a big KC guy. This isn't even a KC show and all that. And so he thinks he's going to hang in there for the two more years. But I think I think he's become human. Yeah. I, 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 he doesn't have anything. He doesn't even need this Super Bowl, bro. He doesn't no. need any more stats. He doesn't need anything. He's a first ballot Hall of Famer. He's got already a couple championships. He's He could be considered the greatest tight end, or if not, top two, top three, whatever, bro. Like, he doesn't need this shit. I think he's done, bro. When it, And if they win, for sure, I think he just he walks off into the sunset and he, and he gets happy because he, yeah. he got something else to do now. What's and and why blame him for it, right? I mean, he's got a he's got a good thing going. Uh, he can he can enjoy life, and you know what's to stop him either? You know, from from uh, doing what some other guys have done in this in this profession in sports, where they they come back in the middle of the season, right? Hey, I don't have to go through camp. I can just sign a contract, play in no in November, December, or whatever, and, and get ready for the playoffs and play half a season if, if that's what he wanted to do. If Patrick Mahomes somehow were to convince him to do that, so how about this? He's doing what the rest of us do. When we find mm -hmm. somebody that we love and we care about, well, we want to be with that person, bro. Yeah. And, and there's nothing wrong with that, dude. You know what I mean? No, and maybe, nothing exactly. nothing wrong at all. And and in football, he's probably had enough of putting his body through freaking hell, dude. You know, he said, What is he, 34 gonna, now? Yeah. He's going to have yeah. to deal with a lot of shit for the next 30 years from playing football for so many years and injuries and wear and tear and all that kind of stuff. Come on, man. Give me a break. So Find happiness when you got it, man. Yeah, hells yeah, man. All right, what's the happiness you got going on on The Athletic? Well, I wrote about the uh, Florida Gators 2024 recruiting class. That story will be coming out tomorrow. I caught up with DJ Lagway, a guy who Miami fans should familiarize themselves with because he's one of the best quarterbacks in the country, signed with the Gators. Uh, Miles Graham, remember Ernest Graham, the running back for the Gators? Yeah. Uh, played in the NFL with the Bucks for a long time. He's uh, his son, Miles, is uh, one of the Gators signees. So uh, just a story on what happened with Florida's recruiting class. They had the number three recruiting class at one point. They had a bunch of guys decommit because uh, the season fell apart for them. But, um, you know, Lagway, Graham, they've got some good players still part of that class that are probably going to play a lot as freshmen. And so I have a little read on them. 
and uh, there'll be more stuff uh, in the weeks ahead, man. It's it's the off season. Oh, we get to slow things down a little bit around here. It's so slow <laughs> on the Canes. You're writing about the Caters, so yeah, I, yeah. I really am. I, I I don't want to write about 2025, guys. I I'm sorry. I apologize to the to the readers and the listeners. It's uh, January. These guys aren't signing till December. So right, and they're gonna change their minds eight times from now till then anyway so yeah these kids come on dude you, you yeah you can't trust these kids or your kids I mean, they don't know what the hell they want anyway all right follow them on twitter and manny underscore navarro and subscribe to the athletic manny as always thank you my brother we'll catch up on friday all right man take care you got it there you go caneswear.com you can get anything and everything with the canes logo practically on it man they've got dolphins gear marlins Panthers, Inter Miami. They got uh, messy jerseys, messy shirts, all kinds of stuff, man. So go check it out. Hats of all kinds. They don't have a Cutter's Edge hat. They should because this is a stylish freaking hat, dude. I've told William many, many times this is a great look. Now, only problem is, see, it looks great like this, but what the Cutter's Edge guys are wearing, <laughs> it's dirty. They put, but when it's new like this, see, I don't, I don't take it out anywhere. I, 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 I take care of this hat because it's a sharp hat. You can't find this one, okay, at Canesware, but you can find Heat hats and Marlins hats and Panther hats and all kinds of different styles too, and Dolphins hats with the old logo on it. Which this one here, I just recently got at Canesware. Has uh, the year I was born, which is the year the Dolphins were established. You know, the league knew they had to celebrate my birth the right way. You know, they said, hey, Big O is coming to the world. We need to put a team in his town because that man cannot grow up without a team. And poof. Now, I, you probably didn't know that that's how it happened, but. That's the real story of the Dolphins. The football gods got together. They noticed I was coming and said, no, 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 no. We got to have a team for that man there. He can't live in Miami without football. That guy's a football nut. And then the other gods asked, like, how do you know? I'm God. And so then they didn't argue. And then I was born, and I had my football team right here. So that's really how it happened. I just want you all to know. So you can thank me for the Dolphins. That's just, you know, it's a burden I have to carry. But anyway, 2655 South University Drive in Davie. Go see Brett and all the great people there at Canesville. They know how to make it happen, man. Great people. And use our code, Big O10. You will get 10% off. Canesware.com. Welcome to Canesware. New store, new items, same great experience. Family owned and operated since 2010, Canesware has the latest merchandise from the Miami Hurricanes, Miami Dolphins, Florida Panthers, Inter-Miami CF, and more. Come visit us at our store in Davie on University Drive, just south of 595, or online at canesware.com. Canesware, the spot Miami fan shop. All right, all right. Drago says she softened them up. Did you watch them play this week? There was nothing soft. Did you watch that catch he made? Nothing soft about that, dude. You know, I get it. He's human. That's all. And he's happy. Good for him, dude. Good for him. We all just want to be happy, man. 
Good for him. He's got nothing left to accomplish, and he's playing like a madman. He had a great game. He had 11 catches. Nothing soft about what he did this past week. Um, thanks for the 40 years of suffering. Hey, dude, 67. You can't tell, you can't say I never did anything for you. What up, Big O? Was my earlier comment taken down? It was an offense. I didn't take anything down. Did you take something down? I don't think we don't take anything down. We block you if you're an idiot or a rude idiot or you're spamming the whole board or something. You keep putting the same stuff. We block you. We don't take out comments. So I don't know what happened to your comment, dude. I have zero ideas. So I'm sorry about that. Uh, you can repost your comment if you want. I don't know what the hell it was, but repost it if you want. Big O, Mahomes wins the Super Bowl. Best QB in the NFL. Four Super Bowls in six years. Very tough. Congrats to him. Yep. Yep. How about Train and Ario Speedwagon? That's a, that's a really good show, Train. I've seen both. Uh, I've seen Train about three times. I've seen Ario Speedwagon, I don't know, man, 10 times in my lifetime. Um, And that's a terrific show to go to right there. Uh, speaking of the heat, seven losses are slacking. Yeah, they're they're pretty uh they're pretty gross right now. Kane should at least go ten and two next season. Very favorable schedule and Cam Ward at QB. Well, you got to show me you can coach it up to that. That that sounds well and good that all of that, but um, think about Michael. Think about your statement. Ten and two. Um, what? proves to you that the coaching staff can do that you know what i mean so they they gotta they lose too many games in the first couple of years that they're not supposed to lose so i have to i have to first see it to believe it you know what i mean and putting expectations on what shouldn't have expectations i think is the best best way to go because nothing that they have says 10 and 2 until they actually prove that they can be a competent team week in and week out. So I would uh I would not put those expectations because more often than not, you're only depressing yourself. And they don't deserve those kind of expectations. They haven't done anything to deserve those kind of expectations. Those are unrealistic expectations. Oh, uh, let's see. Those people are worse than the Swifties. You talk about the people going out? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, they are. Yeah, people picking on those two is just, it, it's ridiculous, bro. Like, can we allow people to just be happy? It looks like a couple that is happy, man. Nothing wrong with that. I, aren't you searching for happiness and and serenity and peace of mind and those kind of things, and it's so hard to find, you know? So I, I trip out on all these people freaking out about those two. And it's like, get off of it, man. Let them go. Leave them alone. I hope they, I hope, I hope that that's the end of their search for being with somebody. You know what I mean? As a dude that's about to, in March 18, we're going to, we're going to celebrate our 30th wedding anniversary. Okay. And I've been with my wife. We were six and a half years together before we got married. So it'll be 36 and a half years on March 18th. Okay. And it's, that's what you want. 
you want to find somebody that, you know, that can support you. You support them. You love them. You can build a family. You can go through good times, bad times, because that's what relationships and life is all about, because life is going to kick you in the ass over and over and over again. And if you don't have a support system, man, it's really hard to go through life without a support system. It really is. But when you got that support system, it's the best. Why would you why would you want to fault anybody to have that kind of a foundation? That's a foundation every child should have. That's a foundation everyone should have. You know? So I uh, root for Kelsey and, and Swift, you know? And I could give a, a rat's ass about her music. I don't even listen to I don't I don't like that kind of pop music. That's not my style. You know what I'm saying? But God bless her, bro. Hasn't that lady been writing music about her bad relationships? Well, there we go. All right, let's uh, get into uh, a little NFL. We got the Super Bowl set, a little Dolphins talk. Cam Wolf, we unleash the Wolf Pack next. We unleash the Wolf Pack. As we get the latest in the NFL and the Miami Dolphins with our KSDT-CPA Pro Football Report with NFL Network Insider Cameron Wolf. KSDT is one of South Florida's largest and one of the country's fastest growing accounting firms. KSDT-CPA is a full-service firm that also excels in crypto. Visit them at KSDTCPA.com or call 305-670-3370. Here's NFL insider Cameron Wolf. All right, all right, all right. I don't know, Cam, if you were listening. Am I wrong or am I right here? Right? I like it. I like it. Um, I have but no issue with guys. That. You're yeah. a family guy. I've got a wife. I've got a da- I've got a daughter. You and get so it. I'm, I'm probably different now than I was five years ago, ten years ago. Um, but I think the argument that is taking away from the sport doesn't really click for me because most times they're showing Taylor Swift. It's during what would have been in between play fluff. You know, they're usually talking about what's going on in the crowd or what's going on on the sideline or what's going on. You know, a uh, replay. Like, there's not much that's taking away from game action it's not overly done um when it's done right and it seems like it's a genuine relationship and so i can be happy for anyone that's happy now i think there was a worry early on that it was fake i think it's pretty clear seeing how these people are on this isn't a fake relationship these are two people who are very much in like or love i don't know what stage they are in the relationship and 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 i'm happy and i'm happy for them and i'm happy for them because like i i'm not a celebrity so i I don't i can't speak this from uh what do you call it uh reality but i imagine that one of the most difficult things for a celebrity to do when you're older because travis kelsey's in his 30s taylor's in her 30s is to find like genuine love when you've already reached a level of stardom it's hard to separate is this person with me because of who I am or because of what my name is and this and that, like Taylor in particular, I'm sure that's been a struggle for her because she's the, probably the biggest artist, not in America, maybe the world. And yeah, her, she has, yeah, yeah, she has to deal with that probably in her relationships. You get an NFL player like Travis Kelsey, who probably doesn't care about that because he's 
one of the biggest stars of his sport as well. And so it seems like it's genuine. I'm happy for them. I'm happy that we're getting to see a glimpse into their private worlds. A lot of times in football, we see these guys with a helmet on. We don't see any of their their life. And so we just get a touch of it. Enough where it's not uncomfortable. We're not hearing about what goes on in their house or in their in their rooms at night. But we're seeing a glimpse of what they allow us to see. And it's done in a tasteful way. So I, I have zero issue with it. And I have no issue hearing more about it leading up to the Super Bowl. Yeah, and, and I got to tell you, I, I'm convinced he's – He's leaving football after this. Uh, I'm convinced of it. I, I think he has become human. I think uh, he fell in love, and uh, and and he's got nothing else to it. It's like the Tom Brady thing. Like when he came back for the third year in Tampa to try to win again. Like, yo, an eighth championship does nothing for you. You're Tom Brady already, bro. Right. You're the goat already. Right. Go, yep. Go back to your family already. At that point. And Travis Kelsey is that now. Like, your first ballot, you can be considered the best tight end ever or second best. At this point, on your you, you don't need to accomplish anything more, except you're going to add more injuries to your body. Brother, you're, you're happy. You found your woman. Don't now have the second life. Go have your second right. life. You know? I'm with you, man. I'm with you. Um, and what in a cool way it would be go out, at least from the Travis side of things, if you can go out with your brother in the same offseason. Um, yeah. Obviously, Jason, there's been a lot of the rumblings of Jason Kelsey's. Um, either told his teammates or been in the process of tire or retirement. I mean, his brother have a really cool podcast. You know, what cool way to go out. Y'all go out the same way. Y'all start your post-career ventures. What I understand, Travis Kelsey wants to do a lot more in, in Hollywood, kind of in the, in the script element. He would love to do like the Saturday Night Live type of thing where you try it out. Like I could see him being a comedy guy, a guy that kind of steps into a different realm. Um, his brother wants to do broadcasting. And I could see them both doing their next step uh, very easily. Travis Kelsey's 34 years old. His body's slowing down. This year, even though he had a really good game last year, you've seen him not be his normal self, right? I'm with it. I don't know what he's going to do, but I tell him what I told Tom Brady after he won the ring, there's more to life. There's more to life than football. He's got a whole world in front of him. I know for a lot of people it's difficult to make that transition from football to regular life, but it doesn't seem, at least on the outside, that will be difficult for Travis Kelsey. Not for Travis. Yeah. yeah I, dude, you nailed it. Uh, I, I totally agree with you on Travis because you can tell he has that personality that he can transition to something else. Whereas Tom, while he could do it, it's still not real comfortable for him. Look, he still hasn't done it yet. You right. know what I mean? Whereas Travis will probably do it right today. He'll do it right away. And he'll switch in and it'll be seamless for him, you know, at the same time. At this point, I think he doesn't want to put his body in the course of all of this. I think finding Taylor, I think he's moving on. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. Who, who, you, who you got, by the way, Kansas City right now or San uh, Fran? Yeah, yeah, I'm not betting against Mahomes. I, I think it's going to be the Chiefs again. I think Mahomes gets his third Super Bowl um, in the last six years, which is incredible to think about. And I think, and I know this has been a hot button on the debate topics. I promise you, it's not a hot take for me. I think if he wins the Super Bowl, it's just him and Brady. It's just him and Brady as top two quarterbacks to ever play this play this game. And I think it's that way now. 
You know, I'm not talking, I'm like, if he wins the Super Bowl, I'm talking like today, not like eventually. I'm talking about like if he retired the day after he won this next Super Bowl, if he wins it, I think that he's it's Brady than, than, than Mahomes. Well, I'm, I'm, I'll still put Montana in that position, guys. I understand. I understand. And like I said, I, I got to understand the perspective of that. It's funny. I won't put Bradshaw in there, mm-hmm. but I'll put Montana in there. Gotcha. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. I'm a guy who thinks, although rings are important, rings are not the end-all be-all. Like, I oh. think that Mahomes can be considered the greatest, even if he doesn't get seven and catch Tom. Like, I, I can yeah, see. I, I, I get so cool, where I get so cool credit is, and this is the part that I think a lot of people overlook. His first championship, it's a lot like Brady. That, you know, well, in the first and well, second, too, but the first championship, you have Freddie Solomon, Greg Cooper with his running back. He only had to fight twice, really, as the elite weapon, you know, in that Super Bowl. Now he had a great line. He had a good defense and all that. Then after the three championships, then it was Jerry Wright and John Taylor and all that. And Raffman and all that. It became a But that first iteration of, of that nine it wasn't as good, the weapons. Kind of like when Brady won, was Corey Dillon. Wayne Wiggins, Troy Brown, right, right, you know, we managed. It wasn't great. It was more about the defense than anything else. Where Absolutely, I saw Montana deliver. You know, major play. And I, I got a lot of respect for Joe Cool Montana the way he did it, and so not disrespect at all to Joe Montana, who's one of the greats. I just think that Mahomes is a different level, and while oh, yeah. we're in it, it's hard for us to truly appreciate the legacy element because we're watching it currently. A lot of times right. after the career, we start to sit back and like, wow. Like I'm sure people who were watching Michael Jordan when they were playing, it wasn't like he's the clear goat in the middle of it. You know, I think I think there probably was a settling in of time of like, man, that that, that dude was pretty incredible. And I look at Mahomes and I think I, I think I mentioned this before. I think ultimately Mahomes and Brady are gonna be looked like looked at like MJ and, and Braun. Where whoever you are, you may have a different reason of why your goat is. There may not be an undisputed goat, um, but have a strong argument. Um, I think by the time Mahomes is done, I think he'll get four or five rings. Maybe not as many as Brady, but he's going to get more. And you may look at it, and I still would think I think MJ is the greatest basketball player to ever play. But if you say LeBron, I can't argue with you very much. I get it. All right. Uh, if, way, you say, I think if you want to say Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, I, I'm not going to argue right. with you if you want to say Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Right. And that's I think that's the same way. Some people will still say Joe Montana. Joe, Kareem may be the Joe, you know. Some people may still say Joe Montana is my GOAT. And I get it. If you grew up with it, you saw it, you saw what he did with the talent level that he had, then I get it. I've watched Mahomes up close and what he's done, especially this year with quote-unquote limited roster. I think that he, we were watching a legendary quarterback. And I almost feel bad, just kind of like how the other 90s teams were when Jordan uh, just happened to be in their era. I feel bad for a lot of these other teams who are really good and just ran into the wrong team. You know, the Dolphins were part of it, but like – no, 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 no. Go, Timmy, DK Brown, Dan Marvin. Yeah. yeah, okay, you're talking about uh, – exactly. El, uh, I mean, Marino, Marino had the same thing. Yeah, when well, you said Jordan, yep. our Heat team was 
you know, yes. like Knicks, the Panthers, uh, the Jazz, the, the Cavs. There were several teams that, that you could have said they could have challenged for a title, but Jordan was locking all of them. Yeah, and so you're just in the wrong era. Like the, the Ravens, right? We were talking about the Ravens having the perfect run. This felt like Lamar's time to finally get a ring. Now he's going to get all offseason of just being criticized, him and Josh Allen and pretty much every other quarterback in the AFC when their biggest flaw was running into Patrick Mahomes. It just, you know, it just was the wrong time. And eventually some of these other guys will get a ring. Um, but I think it just speaks to the incredible nature of the combo that is Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. Well, I uh, on the Ravens side, I I would have said, wait a minute, how are you not running the football, you moron? You can't win passing. That's not the passing is a complimentary to a run. I did not understand that game. Okay. Yeah. That yeah. It, it was not a great game plan. Yeah, it was not a very good game plan. I want to hear a little bit of the explanation from Todd Monken. Um, but I say this without knowing, because I've not talked to Todd, Todd or many of the people with the Ravens. I think that part of this is still about Mahomes. I think that whether subconsciously or consciously, when you play the Chiefs in Mahomes, no matter what they look like, you look and say, man, we're going to have to keep up. We're going to have to keep up with Patrick Mahomes. And you mentally adjust your game plan because you figure we got to do this to keep up. If you remember, the Chiefs came out that first drive marched down the field, scored a touchdown. And I right. guarantee it that there's some Ravens offensive people like, oh, dang. Yeah, after there's the free that, that now was, we, was, we, yeah, we're going to have to. And, and ultimately, it ended up being 17-10, so it ended up not being that game. But subconsciously, I got to imagine that becomes a part of how you call a game, whether intentional or not. And the Ravens got away with, got away yeah, from who they are. Identity is your identity. Yeah. The one thing I give John Harbaugh credit, and this is why I laugh at everybody. Well, nobody wanted Lamar in the offseason. Of course nobody wanted Lamar in the offseason. Because in order to sign Lamar, run this offense. He can't run Tua's offense. He can't run Mahomes' offense. not who he is. You have to run this offense. So why didn't you run this offense? And then... Here's the worst part. Did you watch Kansas the week before? They got Tyreek Hill and Ragdoll in that. Like, their corners are bad The last thing you really want to do in the city is really pass the ball. You want to run against which is strength, dude. I did not understand that game plan at all. Yeah. Yeah, I, I didn't either. Honestly, uh, I'm trying to – we're grappling at straws of what I think they could have been doing. Um, but their team, especially the week before, when the Bills went off for almost 200 rushing yards on the Chiefs, it seemed like the formula was really clear. Really good Ravens rushing offense against a Chiefs defense where one of his only weaknesses is stopping the run. Run the heck out of the ball, right? Very simplistic. A lot of times either football people overthink it or something else is going on that we don't see. Um, but I think the Ravens are going to spend all offseason kicking themselves on why their offense disappeared when they needed it the most. And I got to tell you something. I think also Lamar Jackson is to blame to a certain extent about this. I think Lamar is 
trying to go out of his way way too much because he's a pastor when he's not. And he never will be a pastor in his life. Unfortunately, when you don't have it, you never get it. Not Josh Allen, not, not uh, Jalen Hurts, and Lamar Jackson. They don't have the skill set to drop the line every single time. They don't do those kind of things. They're and so I, I almost feel like Lamar has given a lot of if he's kind of forced to in that pocket, whereas dude, yeah. Yeah. Run, I get it. Uh, the Andrew Luck and that's where I think he and himself have too much of that mindset staying in and actually not being Lamar Jackson. Being Lamar Jackson, I think that a part of what you said I do agree with uh, is I wanted to see Lamar be a lot Lamar a little bit more. I think that he's told people around him he wants to stay in the pocket. He thinks that he can do it well. And I think he can. I, th- I have a lot more belief in Lamar as a passer than you do. Which were different in that respect, but I will say, watching him, the overthrows. I, I was about to say, I will say, watching the AFC Championship game um, was really a lot of, um, a lot of it, it showed people who don't believe in Lamar while they why they are right. Like he did not do a great, he did not do himself justice. I think all year he had MVP caliber year and showed people why he could be the complete quarterback. This game was a, a blast from the past. He looked very much like 2019, 2020, um, 2021 Lamar, where he was not necessarily fully confident in himself as a consistent passer. And I think that he did not, like, they had so much of the offense dink and dunk that so much was dependent on them being perfect, being perfect accuracy rise. And so they had really good drives that got kind of defunct when there was one miss one missed pass or one drop pass or something happening. And it's hard to be perfect when that is not how you go about your offense and couple that with the Zay Flowers fumble at the end zone, the Lamar pick towards the end of the game. Like there's just so much of, of needing to be perfect that ultimately I think it burnt the Ravens in the end um, from trying to beat the Chiefs. Yeah, no, I'm, you're playing the best quarterback who's going to drop the dime every single time on you. And his ball placement skill, that's unfortunately, that's not what Lamar Jackson is. He's going to put the ball right where it belongs every single time. You're going to have to make some effort there. And unfortunately, you know, he overthrew. I just wish he would stick to who he is. Because you can win a championship, you can win a championship with, with Ryan Tannehill, win a championship, but you're going to have to be who you are. You dominate with the run, dominate with the team. Which, by the way, for Kansas City, from the whole, we have to start thinking about this Chiefs defense as being very, very special defense because that secondary. Two years ago, when they drafted that secondary, 
I don't even think they realized how good this secondary was. Those young defensive backs have turned out to be one of the best secondaries in the NFL, and that has that front super special, super special. Yeah, I think I think the Chiefs are very underrated as a defense. Uh, Legarius Sneed, who by the way is a free agent, uh, one of the uh, most underrated players in football. I'm not just saying that for Dolphins purposes. I know everything's got to be Dolphins related. I don't know if they're going to spend big money on another corner. Um, but somebody is going to pay Legereus Sneed a lot of money, and they are going to be right because he's physical, he's tough, he rarely gets beat, and he makes plays. That's my type of corner. And he's actually quiet. For a, tra- for a top corner to not talk trash is a very much a rarity. <laughs> we see Jalen Ramsey. We see Sauce Gardner. You see some of these top corners. They talk. Yeah. Sneed does not talk much. He just plays. And I love Sneed. Uh, Chris Jones had a heck of a game. And I think that this defense is going to end up uh, helping them uh, clinch another Super Bowl. Yeah, uh, Chris Jones is just an absolute monster. All right. Uh, what are you hearing inside the building? Who uh, I know they've been, they're going to interview Leslie Frazier and obviously talk to Brandon Staley. And then they've talked to the guys inside the building. Yeah. What's your gut tell you? Yeah, they're going through a long process. I do know um, they tried, and I wouldn't say that it's over. Just say that as it is. Um, to talk to Ajiro Vero and Carolina, the current defensive coordinator there, who is currently under contract. Um, but I think he would have interest, from what I understand, interviewing here um, and elsewhere, given the situation in Carolina. So there may be a little bit of of conversations that need to happen with the new head coach of Carolina, Dave Canales. And he's got to decide, do we hold a bureau to his contract and just say, Hey man, you're under contract. You're our defense coordinator. Or do you let a guy go when it may be in his best interest to go to another place right now? He's blocked. But if that changes, then I think he would rock it up towards the front of the top of the list. As far as defense coordinators to watch. So let me I, ask you, the interview. Left on his contract or more? He has so he he was with the previous staff. Right. Um, I don't know if he signed a two or three year deal, so I don't know if he has one or two left. But either way, they would have to let him out of his contract. He would have to say, "Hey, you're good," type deal. And so Carolina would have to essentially. It's, it's do you want to? It's the old Tomlin. Do you want a hostage? <laughs> Do you want a hostage as your defensive coordinator? And essentially say, hey, you're under contract? Usually they don't. But Usually. I think a lot of Dolphins fans were upset, even though I think there was a lot more with the Vic Vigio situation that I've detailed before. I don't think it was, you know, the Dolphins were too upset that he was leaving. They didn't want him as much as he didn't want to be yeah. there. Exactly. exactly. That one worked out perfect. But I think a lot of Dolphins fans were like, oh, we should get compensation. Where's the tampering? All That's the perspective. I think the Panthers realize they have a very good asset and a Vero. And so they could very much just say, hey, we think that our defense, which was actually top five in a lot of categories last year, the Panthers, despite how bad their offense was, that part of our team is good. We do not want to mess it up. Come be our defensive coordinator. If that changes, keep an eye on the Dolphins, keep an eye on the Rams for a Vero. Um, so I'll say that. Brandon Staley, also a, a top candidate. He's interviewed here. The in-house guys you mentioned, Campanelli, um, Ryan Slowick, interviewed as well. Uh, Leslie Frazier, who I like a lot, 
Um, that's the guy who's been with NFL Network, worked with us. He interviewed. Um, I think he would be a great mind to bring things in. He's a different style of defensive coordinator. Um, they are running a Vangio style. So I think Mike would prefer to have that Vangio style. Um, but how much would he switch if things, you know, he wants to do things different, different. Um, Bobby Babbage, the Bills linebacker coach, also is supposed to interview if he hasn't already. Um, very smart, young, up-and-coming signal caller. Comes from the same group of agency that McDaniel does as well. And so they have that connection. And uh, keep an eye. I don't know if it's come out yet or if it's official, but keep an eye on Anthony Weaver, um, the Ravens defensive coordinator, then putting a, a request in for him, seeing if he wants to interview for this job as well. So a lot of, lot of names. They're doing a due diligence. I do not think anything is imminent as of today. I remember. I think I remember Anthony Weaver, the player. Yes. 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 I think you probably remember right. Did he go to Wake Forest? I don't remember the school. Um, Look but... it up for me there, Sean. Anthony Weaver, football player. Why do I want to say Wake Forest? Oh, well. Anyway. Um, Tua, when when does that contract start to happen? At what time do they start the tops? Um, I'll answer this one. I got to run. Oh, I got to get out, get out. But uh, I'll say this. Um, I'm sure there's going to be conversations throughout um, the off season. The combine is a lot of times when these things pick up. And so I'd imagine Ryan Williams, who represents Tua, will have conversations with Chris at the combine. Um, he's going to want top quarterback money. And so I think it's just what the Dolphins comfort is with that. Um, how much they negotiate back and forth. I don't think there's a timeline with this. We talked about this earlier last week, I think. Um, I don't think this is a situation where the Dolphins say we have to get a deal done by free agency so we can open money. This could be something that lingers until June or July, um, or it could be something that's done next month. And so I think it's going to be something we're keeping an eye on all offseason, how much are the Dolphins willing to give, how much are the two, two in his camp willing to bend, and ultimately do the deal get done or do they say, hey, will play out this fifth-year option. So there's a lot of different options. He's going to be the quarterback here in 2024 regardless. It's just whether or not we get this deal inked uh, before the season starts. All right. Follow him on Twitter at Cameron Wolf. Next is working at the NFL Network. We'll catch up on Friday, Cam. Have a good one, my brother. Be good out Appreciate there. Appreciate you. Yep. Thank you, sir. There you go. KSDTCPA, Tax Advisory Assurance Accounting. They can help you in so many ways. Estate and trust tax. Uh, fixed asset services, you name it, business valuation, or you're looking to sell, or you just want to know what your business is worth, they can figure that out for you, year-end tax planning, all of that. And if you're a business, besides the personal taxes, which they do cams, they do mines, but for the business side of it, by the way, and you got to plan, you, as you know, those of you that own businesses, you kind of need that tax guidance all throughout the year. And it's always good to have somebody that you can grab the phone, call them, and ask them, hey, what should I do here? And they can give you the proper guidance so you can then maximize your returns at the end of the year. So call the great people at KSDTCPA, 305-670-3370. Use that QR code there. And if you're looking for work, they're also hiring. They've got offices in Dade, offices in Broward, offices in West Palm Beach, and They've got a new office in Charlotte, North Carolina. So hiring here in South Florida, hiring in Charlotte, North Carolina, reach out to the great people at KSDT CPA. 
This has been the KSDT CPA Pro Football Report with NFL insider Cameron Wolf. KSDT is recognized by Forbes as one of the top tax accounting firms for 2022. KSDT CPA is a full-service firm that also excels in crypto. Visit them at ksdtcpa.com or call 305-670-3370. All right, all right, all right. Yes, sir, Sean. It was Notre Dame. Oh, Notre Dame. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It was kind of like gold and black, right? You know, it's kind of like, you know, the gold helmet is kind of smart. You got to hit the books in Notre Dame. You got to hit in Wake Forest. That was kind of close. It's kind of close. I remember Anthony Weaver. Thank you, sir. Appreciate that. Lamar Jackson is the biggest playoff choker of all time. Twice a number one seed. Both times bounced from the playoffs. Didn't even get to the Super Bowl. And he won the first week because they were playing a, you know, a rookie quarterback and a young team and all that kind of stuff, you know, overall. But I don't know about biggest choker or whatever. It's just he's limited as a passer. He'll freak you out as an athlete. You know, as I said yesterday, his two biggest plays were one, that it was a sack that he escaped out of, which you're not going to be doing all the time. You know what I mean? And the, the, the part I forgot to mention to Cam and why he also failed, it's because they blitzed his ass. You know what our idiot defensive coordinator didn't want to do? Fangio? Yet Josh Boyer and Flo knew attack Lamar. He can't make quick decisions. Instead, Fangio gave him three, four seconds back there. Any quarterback. You're going to look great. The problem is so many that were bragging about Lamar actually didn't watch the games. They didn't watch that his team led Yak. His receivers were number one in the NFL for Yak. Okay? You know, they used to say that about Tua last year, right? And Tua was actually the least Yak guy. He was actually throwing more air yards than everybody else. You know what I mean? But that's uh, but people stay away from the facts that Lamar is actually the guy that benefits practically the most in the NFL from Yak. And that's because they were short little dink dunk passes and then they would go everywhere and they take off. He's not throwing a bunch of people open or anything like that. And this defensive coordinator, Spags, who's one of the best in the last 40 years, knew exactly what to do, what others have done. But so many this year, they were afraid to rush him because then they're afraid he runs. But that's where you want Lamar. You've got to go after him. Yes, it's got to be perfect. You can't make a mistake because he did get a big run against the Chiefs. But you got to live with it. Last year, he got a 74-yard run on it. And so what? He lost. Josh Boyer said, F it. We're going to blitz the house on this guy. We're not going to give him time to think. And he can't read and react because that's not what he is. He's an athlete. He's not a real quarterback. He's not an anticipatory guy. He can't look at the defense and know exactly where he's already going. He doesn't know that shit. He waits till somebody's open and then he throws it because he's got a wicked arm. And that's why he failed. 
Because the obvious thing you've got to do to Lamar is blitz his ass. Stop the run and blitz him. Force him to pass. And you'll beat him every time, pretty much. Once in a blue moon, he'll get lucky. And that day, he'll come hot. And he'll hit a couple passes, and you're screwed. And you got to live with that. Because he's an athlete. So a couple times a year, he's going to freak you out. But he can't do it every week. So you go with the averages. The law of averages says blitz the shit out of Lamar Jackson because there's no way he's going to read and react quick enough. And that's it. And that's why he failed. I don't know about biggest choker or whatever, but it's just really easy to read what kind of player he is. Too many can't read what kind of player he is. So anyway. Uh, let's see. The formula on Lamar is simple. It is. It actually is. Not easy, but it's simple. Lamar tried to prove he could be a throwing a throwing from the pocket. That's not his game. Exactly. The Chiefs are going to be good for a long time. Yep, they are. Although they will lose Kelsey this year, so they will have to find a playmaking tight end. That will be a big loss for them. Okay. Uh, Boyer blitzing Lamar did not work. How did it not work, dude? They beat him last year. What are you talking about? They shut him down the entire second half. Miami came back and won the game. What are you talking about? And they blitzed them the year before, and they won. What are you talking about, dude? When they blitz Lamar, they won. Again, Reggie D is so typical of so many out of you out there, including media members. You don't watch the games. And when you do, a lot of you don't really know what's actually going on. Reggie D is a perfect example of someone that may watch the games but has zero clue what's going on. Anybody that says blitzing did not work, like that's as moronic as it gets. That's what they did the last two years. That's why they were 2-0 against Lamar, because they blitzed his ass. Uh, do you think the Ravens are going to be this generation's Air Coriel? Well, they're they're I, I understand what you're saying. They're kind of on their way to that. Yeah. Kind of makes sense. But that team never had a defense. That's the thing. It was Fouts and you know, John Jefferson, Charlie Joyner, and James Lofton, and it was uh Chuck Muncie or uh what was the other guy? They had another back there too, besides Muncie when Muncie left, they had another decent back. But the bottom means, Natron means, right? Um, no, maybe Natron means was a little bit after that. There was somebody in between, I think. Maybe I'm, yeah, I think so. But anyway, either way, they had some amazing offensive talent. Their trio of receivers were some of the best trio of receivers I've ever seen in my life, you know? So, um, but I, I, they never really had a great they it reminds me a lot of the dolphins except they were better at the running game than the dolphins were 
but they didn't really have a great defense. Those char- those Air Coriel teams, they didn't really have a shutdown defense to complement them. Whereas Baltimore's got a defense, not a generational defense, but it's a good defense, really good defense. And they got a great offensive line and they got a running game. They have more balance. It's just they don't have the passer. That's the, that's what hurts Baltimore. They've got to play that kind of offense. And that's the other thing. John Harbaugh, you have dedicated your, this part of your career to Lamar Jackson. And he is what he is. How come you don't play him the way he is? And you're now trying to make him a passer? And that was stupid. That was catastrophically stupid. So I understand that Lamar and company are turning into the Chargers. But I'll give the Chargers the break I can't give the Ravens. The Chargers didn't have that defense. So there was a good excuse for them not to really get it done. You know, in the end, when I look at it, like the Dolphins or the Chargers, I know why we didn't win or why the Chargers didn't win in those days. We didn't have defenses. You know. Lamar's arm doesn't suck, Benito. Lamar's arm is fantastic. He's got a gun. His accuracy sucks. Not his arm. His arm is one of the three best in the NFL. Okay? Very few people can throw the football like Lamar. Very few. Now, Lamar doesn't know where it's going. That's the difference. His arm doesn't suck. His accuracy sucks. Let's let's at least say it right. Okay. Yeah, no, uh, Lamar can't pass like Fouts. Fouts was an accurate quarterback. It's different. Fouts was a passer. He's a pure pocket passer. You know what I mean? That's not Lamar's game. Lamar is a running quarterback. 